0: Welcome to the Flyman Fishing Show, where we talk fly fishing, fly tying, and everything in between. I'm your host, Scotty Davis.
1: Yeah, there we go. Now we're ready.
0: Cooking with gas. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, man? Good, good, man. How you been?
1: Running around like an idiot?
0: Yeah, that's what we do.
1: <laughs> I know what I do. Yeah. I'm getting good at it.
0: it. Looks like you're back in Costa Rica.
1: Yeah, I'm actually um Sunday I'll be going back stateside and then running around Texas for a little bit and then back to Florida. And then I'll be spending quite a bit of time aside from tarp. I'll be doing tarpon season down here next year, but I'll be spending most of the time probably in central Florida next year, actually.
0: Nice. Where where in Florida?
1: Pretty much central west coast, like a little bit north of Tampa.
0: Nice um
1: that's kind of where most of my family's at so and uh man honestly just with everything like the wife and kids have been down here and I've been running around like crazy and they just need like a little more support you know because I'm gone so it's like there my wife was like we got I gotta change shit up so I'm like all right we'll move you back to Florida and I'll just run around like I normally do but at least she'll have some support there you know
0: oh you're gonna move them back full-time
1: them, yeah, and then I'll have to come back and forth for guy for tarpon season and some beach stuff, but
0: you'll have to. So it's horrible life. Ah, it's gonna suck. So <laughs> what are you doing in Texas?
1: Um did a bunch of media stuff and then shooting some uh meeting up with a good friend of mine who lives in Corpus. So just uh it's mainly like a giant photo shoot for uh loon and some other people um, sunglasses and clothing and dumb stuff nice you Just sure uh, making magic camera magic
0: <laughs> you all fishing for redfish
1: yeah actually i gotta fly sunday i fly um into florida into tampa and then i meet up with one of my friends and we're driving his skiff all the way over there really so, yeah. He was like, I want to come. I want to put the boat out there. And I'm like, well, you can't fly the boat there, bro. Like we're going to have to drive it all the way. And I was originally just flying to Texas, but then he was like, he's like, dude, why don't you just fly here and then ride with me? So I don't have to drive it by myself. Yeah, sure.
0: That's how you turn
1: a three hour flight into a two day car ride, I guess.
0: <laughs> it's so stressful towing a boat that long too, you know?
1: really is, man. It helps to have another person there. You don't want to do that by yourself.
0: Yeah, changing hubs and whatnot. Oh, yeah. When did you get back to Costa Rica? I've been here since pretty much September 1st. Um,
1: and then we had a, September, October is our tarpon season, which was just crazy. And then um, I've been working on a film, a tarpon video, for probably the last – since April this year and we kind of just wrapped it up and it's it's sort of like a one i've been keeping secret for a while normally like i like to edit like get stuff out fast and it's more just like youtube oriented stuff but this one we were like you know let's do it let's do a little more justice you know yeah so um we spent spent a lot of time on that yeah when is that gonna come out man i'm not sure to be completely honest we'll see
0: you're gonna try to launch it like the film tour or something like that
1: there's a chance. I mean, I've showed it to a few people and they're all like, ooh, that's pretty awesome. So it's hard to say if um it's hard to say what to do with it, you know. Right. But we're sitting on it. We'll sit sitting on it for right now.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's primarily jungle tarpon.
1: Yeah, it's all uh it's it's sort of oceanside fish, but it's way up at the border of Nicaragua, Costa Rica, where we've been bringing clients. So it's been, I mean, it's Pretty
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I mean,
1: it's target fish, It's fishing, so it's not like it's not bad. So that,
0: that's your season. You <laughs> September, October was kind of the guiding season there for them.
1: Yeah, we do like late April. I mean, really, the fish are there all year, but the problem is weather. So we're trying, like, the weather's really sporadic, and if you if you get there and the sea's really high, you're not making it out um, out the river mouth. So it's, like, pointless to go there when you know it's not good weather, or because there's not a lot of different options once you're there. If, if you can't get out the river mouth to fish the ocean side, you could fish some lagoons, but it's not really good. So just to make it easy, we pretty much did uh, late April into early June. So about a six week season there. And then, uh, we could do about 10 weeks pretty much like end of August, all the way through October into nice. early September. And, um, pretty much just those two windows where you're pretty much guaranteed good weather. And since the fish are there all the time, you know, it just keeps it safe. That river mouth can be crazy. Like if it's, if it's thumping, then you're it's, it becomes pretty dangerous. Actually you just get both stuck and flip and, don't want any of that do the
0: (laughs) do the rivers like upriver in the jungle do those get real flooded too most of the year
1: yeah like right now the all that jungle stuff fishes really well pretty much through december um into early january and stuff it's kind of like everything is always shifting here like with weather in different parts of the country so like you're kind of chasing chasing the good weather, but you still need the appropriate water conditions. So it's all like it's pretty fine-tuned and specific. The fish could be there all the time, but when it comes to them being like actually targetable in something you would want to bring a client to, um you know, you're working with windows very much based around weather. So it's but right now the jungle stuff's hitting it really good. My good friend Tom uh, guides main like just in the jungle and the like no ocean stuff and stuff like that, they're at primarily jungle stuff. And um, he he's just slammed right now, all the way through next
0: month. So, oh, yeah, it's awesome. So, they've lifted a lot of the regulations for foreigners coming into Costa Rica,
1: yeah, yeah. Thank God, um, <laughs> that'll shut you down. I know they're switching some, they are switching stuff this, uh this winter time and we'll see what actually happens as far as the regulations go. You never know until the day comes yeah. and you know, so you can't really go by announcements, but it's um right now, man, it's opened up and, and we're allowed to move around. They just, we had some driving restrictions locally and some stuff like that, but they just lifted all that stuff too. So we're pretty much uh Roman free right now, you nice. know, so that's um- super cool.
0: Do you guide for trout there in Costa Rica too, or do you?
1: Yeah, that's a that's something we're pumped about because we just um, we found some new rivers. We were mainly taking clients to this one place because it was kind of easy access and stuff like that. But the fish it is sort of a public, more publicly known area, so a lot of the larger fish don't stay there long, and people will kill them. But we ended up finding a, a different river that's now pr- just us. There's no public access to it. It's on uh, some private property, and well, he, we've kind of worked the relationship enough to where, um, you know, he's stoked about us bringing clients in there. So we've been doing that now this season, and it's really, really nice. It's nice. Really awesome. You know? Yeah, the,
0: there was a picture on your Instagram page. It was uh, some tents on top of a mountain, all the fog. Coming yeah. through, <laughs> God, that looked heavenly.
1: Yeah, but, that's a really cool uh, place, man. We, you know, people don't think of of how high these mountains get here, but you're talking, you know, 12,000 feet, eleven tons of 11 plus. And you're, so once you get up above those tree lines and you start running those ridges, it's, it's super, super cool. I mean, are you finding
0: trout up that high?
1: Not that high, like around, around seven to 9,000 feet. You're going to have the rivers sort of just are able to hold them better. Um, as far as the structure of the rivers, because that high it's just too steep. So it's exactly. a lot, and when it rains here, man, it's that's blown out, you know. But once it starts to level off a little bit and that seven and a half thousand feet, that's money. And then they could be as low as you know, we have the one the, the place we're fishing now. I, I don't think it's more than four thousand feet, so it's it's a lower elevation, but I think there's more food down there and the fish are definitely bigger and all and healthy. So it's like, I think that's part of it. It's always about finding that, that microclimate that's going to hold the fish in in the best possible way. Yeah. And since the diversity is just insane here, you know, you could have a ridgeline and it'd be awesome on one side and nothing on the other side. And you don't know, unless you jump in there and run around and see. So we spend a lot of those days where you're just running around And you come back home and you're like, let's never go back there. (laughs) You know, they're not all, it's not all winners.
0: There's a reason. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. um, Do you do, do you take the clients camping out there too, or do y'all kind of come back?
1: Yeah, we've been, we don't do, I mean, we try and focus primarily on fishing and stuff like that, but we do beach camping trips and we also do the high mountain multi-day backpacking trips, which are a lot of fun. We had a, the latest one we did that was more like a, it was a big runaround. but we had eight, eight, 18 year old kids who are we're all outdoorsmen like fishermen and stuff. And we ran the heck out of those boys like <laughs> up in the mountains and just like, I was worried about it. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm in, I'm in like good athletic shape for that type of stuff. But like, I'm like, man, we're going to, me and my, my friend, Micah, were like, man, we're going to have these 18 year old athletes who are probably gonna like mountain goat us and just beat us up in these hills, you know? We had like a four a four day trip, and uh, I was happy that I was like, we were kind of like pushing them along, I'm like yeah, see that elevation's no game. And then once we got up there, after day one, I was like shot out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna sit around, and let you guys run around these hills for a little while. <laughs> that was when that photo was taken that you're talking about. It was on yeah. that trip. Yeah, that, that
0: was so cool. Yeah. And then,
1: uh, man, I spent, I spent a few months in Montana, too, earlier this year, which was amazing.
0: You were guiding out there, too, right?
1: Yeah, I did. I guided uh, on the Gallatin, and um, I'm probably going to do that, I'd say, 2022 as well. Again, spend at least, I did July and August. I might do a little bit of June this year, depending on what I have booked in Costa Rica, but... June and July are typically slow down here. So it like, it makes perfect sense to go over there and, and, guide. and it's a lot of fun.
0: And the weather's probably perfect.
1: Yeah. By the time I show <laughs> up like, and when I left, I left like end of August and it was like just starting to get to where like, Pretty cold weather was coming in in the morning, you know. So I was like, see you later. Yeah. Back to the tropics, you know.
0: Florida boy is gone. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Florida boy getting out of here. I'm, I can't I'm, handle
0: this. I'm like that too. Cold in elevation yeah. and elevation. I don't.
1: Every, all the other guides and stuff were always laughing at me about that because I'd show up in the morning and like Joss jackets on. yeah But I was a champ, dude. I wet weighted the whole season, nice. even in the cold morning. So I was like, whatever. I might be from Florida, but I'll. I can still suffer like nobody else. Yeah. You
0: know. <laughs> did you do walk-in trips, or were you in a drift boat? Yeah,
1: I pretty much did walk wades, just because I don't have a boat out there and yeah. things like that. But it's uh, it was so busy, I couldn't believe how how busy the the whole place is out there. There was a lot of people running around Big Sky and all that. So, um, yeah, you could just pretty much doing two half days, like a half day in the morning and a half day in the afternoon. Yeah and uh
0: where were you based out of where were you staying
1: uh i just rented a camper nice um in uh gallatin gateway area like outside bozeman and uh dude it was super nice
0: Nice. super nice how long were you out there you said most of the summer
1: i was there all of july and august uh and then i spent a little time in idaho and utah afterwards fishing with some friends and then uh came back down here and went right in the tarpon season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, That was good. Did you take a lot of clients that fish for you in Costa Rica? Did they meet you in Montana to fish?
1: Yeah. No, the reverse actually. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of those people knew I was out there, but couldn't make it. And then, um, mainly just getting people that I was fishing with there. Um, to understand yo i'm fishing all over the place so if you had a good time come check me out in the jungle and costa rica is a pretty heavily traveled place you know a lot of people frequent here some people come here every single year you know so it's that was actually a good opportunity to open up the the costa rica thing a little more so we've got definitely some tarpon trips and some some beach camping stuff out of that just those yeah it's always good you know, and it helps to have a good day on the water with people, and then they, are you know, they're like, "Oh yeah, I'll go wherever you tell me." You know, <laughs> yeah. you have a bad day, people are like, "No, I don't want to
0: go fish with you
1: miserably in Costa Rica too." You yeah. know?
0: <laughs> you're a fun guy, even if the fishing sucks. So that helps.
1: Yeah, you gotta be if you're. I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna guide fishing, like you could be a, be a great angler and a terrible guide. I mean, we all know that type of person, you know, mm-hmm. and then you could be a good guide and a terrible fisherman, you know, at the same time, like it's guiding is, is a whole nother animal um, versus actually fishing yourself, you know? Yeah. And uh, I enjoy both aspects of it. Certainly. Like, trust me, I like being behind the rod, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I also like showing people cool things that we, especially down here in Costa Rica, like some of the stuff we found, it's really cool just to, just to show it to people, you know, and be able to share those things. That's a super special thing for sure. Yeah.
0: And how long have you been in Costa Rica? It's been quite a while, hasn't it?
1: Oh, dude, it's, uh, September was six years. So I mean, it's a pretty good run, you know? And then, uh, yeah, spending 10 months out of the year down here, pretty much the last six years. And then, yeah. And I think last time we spoke, you said your son has dual citizenship. Yeah. Like both of my sons are born down here. Um, I had one's one and a half years old. So like right pretty much right when COVID started here, he was born and that was a fun run. <laughs> and then uh, fun run to the hospital while yeah. it was like COVID lockdown. And then the other one, yeah, he was he was born down here as well. So they're they're citizens of the US and and of Costa Rica. And then we're just me and my wife are just residents, um, permanent residents. So we can go back and forth and you know,
0: whatever. Nice So they can yes. do, obviously.
1: Oh yeah, they're they got free range for sure.
0: Did they go sure. out west with you?
1: Yeah, they did. Um then they'll they'll come next year as well, I think, as long as he's as long as school permits. Like luckily, my son my son was in school down here and they just pretty much gave us the curriculum and we're like, oh, take you know, go up there and and uh as long as you come back with your school books done, then you're good. So, hopefully something like that can take place uh, this coming year or maybe they'll have to come back a little sooner than I do or something. We don't know. You
0: got a whole new yeah. respect for teachers after stuff like
1: that. Oh, man. Well, the thing the thing was, too, like they were still doing a lot of, like, online classes and stuff here when we went to Montana. So, they were kind of like, you know, you're already doing it at home. Just, just go up there and have a good time and make sure he's not – make sure he knows his stuff when he comes back. Right. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: You, you tend to learn a lot more on a road trip than you do sitting in a classroom.
1: There's no doubt.
0: I no love doubt. seeing their faces, seeing <laughs> the the Western mountains. You know, my, my son
1: didn't know what to do with himself. He's like, <laughs> here, like, there's a lot of animals in Costa Rica, it's a super biodiverse place. But man, the mountains and, and that big landscape, a big country where you could just see animals off the side of the road. Mm. Oh, he was losing his mind, he didn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it is in Costa Rica too, but there's a jungle right off the road. So you can't see any of the animals. Yeah,
0: and that shit will kill you.
1: <laughs> yeah. And <they'll> don't kill you. <laughs> so, he was, he was stoked. We had, I actually had a good buddy of mine, Jose come uh, meet me up there in Montana. And we, he's a really good fly fisherman, um, really good fly tie trout angler. Like he's, he's obsessed with it. And he uh he's a Costa Rican guy and he, was like oh dude I'd be I have to come out there and see you so he comes out and and one thing we wanted to do was was catch a a trout on on a mouse that's what he wanted to do and so he tied up all these mouse flies and I'm like dude I mean we can do it like sure you know but it's nighttime and I was I had been fishing up there for a few months so I kind of knew like where we needed to go but I was like bro this place has a lot of bears like we (laughs) You know, just in hell you like running out there at night. It's not like like it could be dangerous or whatever. So and he's oh, I don't care, whatever, whatever. So we I get my other friend Garrett, who was a guy who was guiding there too. And we're like, yeah, we're gonna go mouse at night. And it was getting good, like night times were cold. Like there was a you could streamer fish the night and do well. So we were like, sure, we're gonna get one on a mouse. And we go out there and we we show up, we park the car by the river. Sure enough, I don't have my headlamp. Forgot my headlamp. Jose didn't have one. My friend Garrett, his girlfriend had his or something. So all he had was like a light that would be like on the end of a pen or something that you, you know, like, like not even you couldn't see nothing with it. And he's like, well, this is all I got. And we're like, man, well, we drove all the way out here. Let's give it a go. So we get out of the car and we walked like. dude, we didn't walk hundred a hundred feet from the car and he's shining this little pen light and he's like oh wait stop stop and he looks up and there was like a hill kind of going up on one side of the rough road we were on and boom right there is like two big eyes like this far from one another <laughs> and I was like dude that's a bear's head for sure and as soon as I said like said that we all kind of paused and of got behind that little light and you could see, man, these big glowing eyes. And I was like, oops, nope. stop, stop, stop. And then it literally went from like, I don't know, this high to like 10 foot in the air. The eyes just were like, like it stood up. Bro, maybe like 35 feet from us, like right by us, you know, cause it wasn't a spotlight thing we had. We had some stupid little car light, <laughs> And Jose, you know, he's like, first time in Montana, never really done this, Trying, kind of trusting us because we've been guiding up there. And I was like, dude, I said there was going to be bears, so like you can't be on me about it. And luckily we, it kind of like, it didn't mock charge us or nothing, but it just stood up. We backed out of there and got in the car like right away. We were back home. Uh, to his wife in like 30 minutes, and she's like, "Well, you're back already." And we're like, "Yeah, everything's fine." We're just just didn't like, like- uh, <laughs> shaking. <laughs> yeah, it's was, it's was just funny stuff. Like, not the first time I've ran into a bear out west, but at night with no lights. Yeah, you know, it was just being an idiot, I guess. Yeah, or we,
0: we were asking for it. Cast the mouse at him, see if he eats it. You know. Yeah, exactly. We
1: didn't even cast the mouse. That's what the funniest thing was. <laughs> We didn't cast at all we walked out there hit the bear walked back to the car like yeah that's it i'm you know.
0: not scared of bears i definitely respect them um i had to mace yeah. one in alaska with a bear mace and it was probably the saddest thing i ever ever did like, yeah I, I could never shoot one I, I don't think i could ever mace one again unless i absolutely had to but it sounded <laughs> like like punching a little girl in the face and her just flying yeah. off in the woods running into trees oh. it was for but we never saw it again you know it was there every day it was going to be an sure, issue sure long crazy
1: man it is true it's like they it's like they don't want to mess with you but like when you if you walk up on them it's like we expect you know they're gonna do they're gonna be there they're gonna do something yeah i got kids yeah exactly it's crazy it it was wild i enjoyed montana for sure enjoyed it met some really cool dudes and then yeah we'll see i'm i'm doing Crap! I'm doing a lot of fly tying now. Again, like I've taken a pretty much again back to Florida later this month, and then I'm gonna. I mean, I got three, four weeks of just fly tying,
0: and um, man, before you, I come back to. Are you doing uh, like tutorial videos? Or are you tying? I know you tie for a couple of shops. Yeah, I,
1: I too, I do like custom orders. So I do, and in in, I mean, big orders, you know, so. I do. And I, I'm, I actually, the YouTube channel has been slacking to be honest. I've been too busy to do the YouTube stuff, but, um, I do need to pick up back on some tutorials and, um, and just catch up on fly orders for people. And then, uh, we'll see what happens. There's a, there's a place in crystal river, Florida. I'm I'm probably going to help, uh, beef up their fly shop a little bit while I'm there. And, um, you know, kind of focus on that stuff and then and just doing a lot of photography jobs too which is super huge i enjoy that a lot um
0: is that crystal river the area you grew up in yeah crystal river
1: nice yeah my dad used to
0: take me diving in that river
1: yeah yeah it's a it's a still a famous place there's all the all the springs and um the snorkeling with manatee thing is a big thing there and it's Really, all that fresh water is kind of that's it saves that area yeah. from having some of the water problems like you see South Florida and the East Coast with. I think that that Central West Coast is going to be the last frontier if we keep
0: keep the pace going. You know, like we are. Yeah, it's we find camel's teeth in that river when we were snorkeling really snorkeling. Yeah,
1: what? it's
0: weird. Yeah, yeah, I know a
1: lot of those rivers have. I mean, you could you could still find the shark teeth and all types of bones
0: and things like that. Yeah, camel teeth, though, huh? Yeah, a bunch of them. Weird. Weird. You know, poor Florida had a rough year with the oil spills and the fish kills and, geez.
1: Oh, yeah. Sad. Yeah, Florida's – it's hanging on, but it's very much oriented I, – I think because it has so much freshwater springs and stuff coming out of it, I mean, that's, that's the saving grace. But, you know, what you do see happening – in the Homosassa crystal river sort of sent they're pumping all that water south to Orlando, to Miami. Um, so even the outflow of those springs is decreasing year after year after year. And it's only a matter of time before that becomes an issue.
0: You mean they diverted, and, they diverted the, yeah, flood they stuck
1: so? it all out of the aquifer and they pump it south. And that's, that's a problem yeah. for sure. It'll be a, it'll be a ecological problem. There's no doubt. I mean, it's already changed some of the biodiversity with the crabs and the shrimp and the bait fish and stuff that used to come all over there. So it's and that's that's sort of if there's a good article somewhere tying that to the kind of decline in the tarpon fishery of Homosassa too. I don't I forget who, who put that out, but it's a really good article and it's affecting everything in the bit whole that whole big bend of Florida is going to be affected, but it's it's. It's one of those things that like i'm sure like everything people pay attention to it once it's once the damage is done (laughs)
0: then we try to fix it afterwards (laughs) yeah anytime you tell mother nature she's wrong and try to change it like that it's not really good good.
1: exactly what was the
0: purpose to sending it south or that was
1: i think just to uh all the all the residential stuff i mean the population of south florida is ridiculous you know but orlando southward um there's a lot of con- a lot of people a lot of a lot of a lot of people need to flush their toilets you know and wash yeah. their car <laughs> i guess kind of sad though flushing toilets and washing mercedes-benz all day takes a lot of water Watering your grass yeah water the grass <laughs> keep that with grass green.
0: <laughs> yeah. oh man where did we so, screw up
1: it's hard florida's gonna florida's got its challenges for sure as does everywhere i guess right now when you look
0: around yeah it seems like their governor is a little more proactive than uh than their future past governors i guess yeah i think
1: i think so from what i could tell and from what i've heard yeah i think they're on the right are on the right track for a little while now so yeah, we'll I mean, see
0: they, the amount of billions that sport fishing brings in for florida they have to kind of raise an eyebrow of think, that you know yeah you'd
1: it, think they'd prioritize that a little bit right because it is a lot of i mean it's a lot of revenue between i mean just it's fishing one in the hotels, travel food i mean it's the people that come in there to fish is the, is the real deal
0: so. yeah florida's number one for out-of-state fishing licenses so tells you they're totally. the biggest in the country
1: yeah i could see that no doubt no doubt
0: what you got planned today
1: today hanging out with you for a minute (laughs) (laughs) and then uh man packing a few things up uh since i'm leaving on sunday to get back over to florida and texas and all that and kind of just going through some gear really um everything's a mess usually yeah so uh,
0: have you have you (laughs) trying to find have you fished corpus christi before
1: yeah my good friend aaron lives over there He, he manages like a it's like the oldest donut shop in Corpus. Nice. Gate donuts, and he uh, he's a good fly angler. So I've been over there, fished with him a little bit. I fished a little bit in Rockport, Texas, kind of a, maybe four years ago, five years ago, um, with this girl Casey Bones. Yeah. I don't really know what she's up to, but yeah, I fished with her back in the day, and uh she was a really good from what i saw really good guide really good angler too Yeah, she is i was kind of impressed with that and um really knew her stuff and uh but that's it so i'm looking forward we're gonna have some time over there um i'm meeting up with this girl Michaela elliott she's a photographer really good texas-based photographer um stoked to see what kind of shots she gets um and just cool to be around someone else with a camera. Usually I'm running around solo. None of my buddies down here really do that. So I'm like, it's going to be nice to be around someone else that's thinking about photography while we're out there. So it should be a good trip. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And then pulling my buddy Skiff out there. And yeah, I think we have to be back in Tampa for a fly tying night on the 17th. Or else I was telling him, I'm like, dude, you know, we're driving right by Louisiana. Like we might as well hit Louisiana on the way back. Yeah. But he's like, oh, we can't miss. We already told him we'd be there at the fly time thing. So I was like,
0: man. Just do it over Skype.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll claim some COVID, uh COVID-related technical yeah. problems. Yeah, you don't want us there. Yeah, you don't want us there. <laughs> <laughs> we could do it over Zoom or whatever it is. Right. Skype. Yeah. I I have fished. I've only done Louisiana once so it's it's always like in my mind and then I was th- I'm like man we're going right by it literally driving by through
0: it yeah like, but not this time I don't know if they're uh I don't want to say they're easier to catch than east coast redfish but they're easier to catch than rest east they coast they are
1: redfish. they just are like the te- a Texas redfish and a Louisiana redfish though they behave so different than 100%. what you see like tampa to destin area of florida is difficult yeah and same you way. don't see them behave that way <laughs> same in the east coast redfish um, i mean like once for some reason once you get louisiana and westward those fish eat they just eat everything and they're not you could hit them in the face right you could blind cast them you could do i mean it's a whole different fishery And i do have no idea why
0: when I Used yeah. to guide for redfish, it would be horrible. I'd be like, Oh, so y'all ever redfish before? Like, yeah, we fish Louisiana every year. It's like, oh shit. So, oh yeah, like, no, so, you know, <laughs> You're not gonna catch 30 fish, you know. Yeah. The subspecies of that fish.
1: Oh no, man. And that was what, was what was what's funny is like growing up like in that in that area, like central west coast of Florida, where it's like gym clear, fish are spooky. I mean, if I catch two or three redfish on the fly in a day like knowing what I'm doing, I'm, that's a good day, you know? And then I walked out the first time I went to Louisiana, the guy gave us, I was with my little brother and, and he had this like, like it was like a two person paddleboard type thing. And he had it laying in his house and we were like, dude, let's bring it out and fish off it. So we would have like the guy, it was like dude standing in the front dude, standing in the back pulling, and I kid you not, we came into this bay and there were like schools of like 30 redfish in pods, like five different schools of like 30 fish all spread out. And these fish were just like so rid- ridiculous. They were like, you're in water like this deep. So they'd come by you and you could catch them right off the board, like not even casting. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like running into the side of this paddleboard thing and me and my brother are like this is just you couldn't it was like what is happening in their brains that they allow you to do that and then you go back home crystal river and you're casting if you're not casting 60 foot with with a 12 foot leader okay. you're not redfishing, you know and it's like it's like so different very interesting yeah we and yeah, the, the size
0: fish too over there is kind of incredible yeah, we had a similar day. We had them bumping into the boat, and we had them I had right. like a bit of fly, and the guide was like, just keep stripping it. And same fish, came back and ate it again. I'm like, what the yeah, hell yeah. here? And I think I yeah, caught mid-20s. My buddy caught in the mid-30s on like a four-hour charter, so it was like 60, 70 fish. And at the end of the day, that the guide was apologizing to us. He's like, man, I'm sorry. Y'all come back in October. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing down here? <laughs> I know. I know.
1: It's like that's what the dude was telling us too, because we had, you know, I don't know, maybe we caught twenty fish that day or something, and you know, we're static And he's like, "Dude, this is yeah." I'm we sorry, <laughs> we didn't fish real good. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys think red fishing is, but for me, it was like it's always been a pretty technical process. And you know, I was happy to get three fish in a day or catch a fish in a day sometimes. And here we're just beating them up. It's Endless, like yeah endlessly, endlessly like pop like it didn't fly choice was like it doesn't even matter what fly you have, just put whatever fly you want on because biggest and gaudiest
0: thing you have, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Something with it very on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was really remarkable. I like that too, man. I, it's so funny because you could I you know I could fish whatever belies and all this other flat stuff and bonefish and stuff and i don't nothing makes my knees shape like a redfish tail like probably just because of where i grew up and doing it my whole, but like you put me in front of a permit or a triggerfish or a bonefish or whatever else is tailing out there golden trevally okay i'll cast at it just calm and fine and then i'm in front of like three redfish with tails up and i i losing it you know, forget but, how to double haul all of a sudden. <laughs> like <laughs> they tail a little sexier, you know, it's, Dude, more it's that kind good, of that swagger. Yeah. It's a it's a special fish, man, for sure. And while like, you know, it's everything's so driven, like with media, you know, like nowadays with the in the fly world, like everything and rightfully so, I guess. Like there's some really cool destinations and really cool things, you know, like I play a part in that game. Um, but it's like those, I don't know if it's just me, but I always go back to like some of the, if I just thought, think about the times I've enjoyed fishing the most, it's like super simple, basic, like paddleboard fishing, a redfish or something, or, or catching bass on a, out of a canoe in the Wiflacoochee river or something. It's like all the, like the rad times are like, on what the industry right now is sort of overlooking, which is kind of cool, I guess, like, you know, not everything could be in the spotlight all the time. I get that. Yeah. But for the average person, it's like, man, if there's certain levels of the industry that are unattainable, obviously for some, and it's like, but don't worry about that. Just go do what you have in your backyard Right and and you that's usually where you'll have the most the best experience to be completely honest.
0: Yeah, you know is whatever's happening in your local area. Yeah, like you said, redfish are, are an attainable species. You don't need twenty thousand dollars go to the Seychelles for a GT. You know you can. oh man, I mean North Carolina to Texas, like the I mean,
1: almost the entire East Coast of the United States and the Gulf Coast. I mean, it's a insanely large area where. And you could, those skills you develop on a redfish, that'll take you anywhere in the world to catch whatever on a flat, you know? So it's, it's so attainable and it's, you know, it's not overlooked, but it's not glorified like it used to be. I remember like 10, 15 years ago when I guess like the film tours and stuff really kicked off hard and all this stuff, it was like, you started having like pretty nice, Redfish films, and then they're kind of like slacked off.
0: Yeah,
1: we'll see. Yeah,
0: that's weird. I'll make one. I'll make one eventually. Red, redfish <laughs> movie.
1: Redfish video. Yeah,
0: I'm excited to see the tarpon one.
1: The tarpon one's pretty ridiculous. I'll just say that. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely some things in there that
0: pretty special for sure. Anytime you can catch a fish like that in a place like that, that's yeah has to be shared
1: yeah it's got a unique history that area too like it's in the 70s 80s i mean it was the it was the mecca of of tarpon fishing this was like where there were some lodges out there at the time um casamar being one of them real colorado lodge that were i mean everybody was down here all the big dudes and all the really heavy development for saltwater gear lines and reels and rods Um, this was like the testing ground for all that and uh, so it's got a rich history in the industry and then uh, the fishery itself uh, is just things happen here that you won't see happening in other places you know and it's just it's unique and we're not sure really again what like where these fish come from because they're there all the time it's really like they stop there just to eat but I think they're It'd be cool to track them somehow, like get some type of trackers in these fish and see, but they're, they're probably coming like Venezuela, Colombia, stopping here to eat and then bumping up to the Yucatan and then out towards Cuba and Jamaica and all that. And maybe there's like this big circle that they do throughout the year, but the fish are always here. So it's like, it's not like they migrate through only during one moment or one season, like they're there all year long. So that's an interesting Hmm. And no, the numbers of fish, it's, I mean, it's probably the, the largest congregation of tarpon anywhere on the planet earth. Like, I don't
0: know. That's weird. You I, said I've never seen those, uh, tags. I wonder if the bonefish tarpon trust has tagged any of those fish.
1: From what I know, I had my friend, uh, court, who's a guide in, in Dunedin, Florida. He came down this year to fish it and I mean, blown away by it. And he's, he's tagged some fish for them in the past and he's a pretty accomplished tarpon angler and guide himself. But um, we were talking about trying to get some of that to happen because it would be really cool um, to, to learn more about what's happening in this side of the Caribbean. Like they're kind of figuring out more about what they're doing North of Cuba, you know, and around, around Cuba and stuff. But what's happening this like Southeastern side of the Caribbean um or southwestern side is not really sure so it would be cool to see what these fish are doing and they're big fish you know they're big mature fish so they're coming going somewhere but the fact that they hang out there's always it's always fishable like living in costa rica and knowing people out there because it's pretty remote i mean they could call me if 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 say the next three days were going to be good weather I could go right now and catch fish, you know, it's, it's really just based upon weather. Um, but a very interesting tarpon fishery that's, that's overlooked for whatever reason, you know, and then, and then when people think Costa Rica now, like with all the, the Atlanticus film and with all the jungle tarpon diary type videos where they're fishing them in the rivers here, which is obviously a, a super rad place to catch tarpon. Um, not much really has been shed light on this area up there uh, on the ocean side. So it's the film we did is, is pretty nice and I'm hoping to kind of tweak it up and make it
0: something special, you know? The never ending editing process.
1: Oh, and I'm my worst
0: critic. Like,
1: to be honest, when I, like, it's good for me to like produce, I produce a lot of content, obviously, like for what Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all this stuff. So I'm used to like getting it out fast. And when I do it that way, it's like it stays fresh. So like what, as I put it out, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's good enough or whatever. Having to like fine tune a, a you know, a video like this. Now when I, I try and watch it and I'm just like, I hate this video. I hate these clips. I hate these, you know, you're, it's so bland to me now. But And then I'll show it to my buddies and they're like, oh, it's so sick. And I'm like, well, I'm so tired of looking at these video clips that I can't judge it anymore.
0: Right. Just you know, burned in there
1: it just burned out for for sure it's, it's it's funny but it's been good actually for me just to to sit and focus on something yeah you know and we've put a lot of time into filming it and you know over the last i guess six seven months now oh yeah yeah i'm talking about i can't wait yeah. yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. That's all I'm gonna say. It's wild. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. I appreciate you doing round two with us. Oh, of course, man. I love it. Anytime. And let me know when you're back in Florida. I'd love to meet up and go fishing with you.
1: Yeah, where are you at?
0: We're in Charleston. So five hours, six hours up the perfect. road. That's perfect, man.
1: Yeah. What's um? Let's let's be in touch about that for sure. Cause yeah, I love all- to there and albies georgia. are
0: great all winter so it's fun
1: i've never done it dude i've never i've never redfished north of georgia i never fished the coast line north of georgia at all nice so i mean or even i mean even in georgia like i've fished a little bit but nothing extensive
0: so I think most of georgia to me was a little tougher because they'll, they'll get about a nine foot high tide and yeah they get tide. so much water moving ours is about six which is doable. The nine is just, it's harder to position the boat. Everything's moving faster. So I don't know. I like it here.
1: Yeah. I'd love to shoot up there.
0: You should. Yeah. We got a place for you to stay and hang out as long as you want. Awesome. Sweet. We'll keep in touch.
1: Let's do it, brother.
0: Good to see you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Bobby. Later.